Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Awesome. Okay, everyone ready? Ready for the Word of God? Did you bring your Bible today? Come on, everyone bring a Bible today. Anyone not bring a Bible today? If you did, you are not alone. If you, uh, if you didn't, you're also not alone. But if you have a phone, great news about a phone, you can find everything I'm about to say, every reference from Scripture on your phone. Go to Google, type it in, and uh, you can take some notes. I think there's something to be said about taking notes. It helps you. For those who need some time to kind of think over, ponder, and process, I think today this message will be one of two types for you, either It'll be the type of message that you say, this is for me right now. This is what I'm walking through, going through, or living in. It's amazing how frequently the Bible has the ability to point to exactly what we're in, in the moment that we're in it. It'll either be that, or it'll be like, uh, it'll be like a leftovers type meal. Here's what I mean by that, where, where you make a little bit too much of a meal, and you get to put some of it in the fridge or freezer. You know what I'm talking about? And then the time comes when you're hungry, but you're hungry and you don't want to take time to prepare food, but you already have food ready for you. How many people love cold pizza? Come on, are you with me? Pizza is good in every temperature. For some people, this, this uh, message here, it's about to be tomorrow's cold pizza, where you're going to say, I, I didn't think I needed that, but now here I am walking through that thing, and I'm glad I have the leftovers. That's what taking notes is for. It's leftovers. It's saying at some point I'm going to be hungry for this and I want to be ready to take it in. Are you good? Everyone ready to go? Okay, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. And uh, I pose this question to you or this statement to you. Life is so unfair. True or false? Life is so unfair. True or false? Yesterday, I put a poll up on on Instagram. If we were going by the results of that poll, the majority of people said, that's false. Life is actually fair. I don't know what perspective you're coming from. I don't know what life you live. I feel excited for you that you find your life to be fair. I think probably it's one of those situations where you're saying this, I don't feel like it's fair, but I bet you the answer is probably false, so I'm just going to tap the answer. But the truth of the matter is, I think as you look through Scripture and as you just open up your eyes and look around you, we can all come to this agreement. Life isn't fair. Life's not fair. For someone that right there just lifted a burden right off you. You're like, oh good. I don't have to fake it anymore. I don't have to pretend anymore. I was wondering why it felt this way. I thought everyone else was living a different type of life than me and they all had the fair thing and I'm living in what is not fair. The truth of the matter is, is life isn't fair. I want to expose, I think, some reasons why this is today and uh, perhaps some things that will be helpful today as we navigate through an unfair life. Let's pray together. Jesus, I ask that you use your word today to inform us, but not just to inform us, but also to transform us, that we would be different because of your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Life isn't fair. How many people have siblings in the room? Anyone grew up with siblings? Okay. 
for some of you who didn't put up your hand, maybe you felt that that makes life unfair for you. You're like, I didn't even get siblings. Like right from the get-go, perhaps because you put your hand up in the air, you know life's not fair. You know life's not fair. In every group of siblings, there's a favorite. Know what I'm talking about? Now, maybe not a favorite like to the immediate family, but the extended family has a favorite, right? Grandparents, aunts, uncles, somebody has a favorite. In every family, there is the one who seems to get in trouble for everyone else's issues. Are you with me? Okay, life is not fair. It's a great lesson to learn really early on. Life's not fair. Life is just so unfair. I hear from time to time uh, people who are frustrated with how unfair their situation is, and the reality is they're actually not frustrated with their position in life. They're frustrated that others seem to have it better. Are you with me? Like they buy a new pair of shoes, they're so excited about their new pair of shoes until they see someone else with a newer pair of shoes, and all of a sudden they hate their shoes. You know what I'm talking about? Like we get the thing we wanted to get and then someone else has a better thing. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's not fair. Somebody's excited about their news. They're excited to share their good news. And then they get the, the, the applause or the thunder stolen because someone else has greater news, right? Like guess what? Like I got a raise and someone else, guess what? I got a promotion to a new position. The, the dream job. And they're like, oh, I, I got a 25-cent raise. I was pretty excited about that. But now that I hear what you got, oh, man, things aren't fair. Like it only takes a moment scrolling through your social media feed to feed into you that thought that life just isn't fair. You walk through our city on any given day, and you will see an inequity that just doesn't seem fair. You take a moment and hear stories from war-torn countries, and you think, hold on, I was born here, someone else was born there. just doesn't seem fair. And this thought of a lack of fairness can be something that becomes such a stumbling block for people in moving forward in their life and faith, because they say, you know what, if life isn't fair, then, then, then God's not fair, and if God's not fair, then what are we even doing here? You know, A.W. Tozer said this, what I believe about God is the most important thing about me. It's kind of an interesting thought that what I believe to be true about God actually is revealing a lot, not only about the way I am now, but how I perceive my life is going to be going forward. It's one of the most defining characteristics of life going forward is what I believe to be true about God, and here I am experiencing a life that just isn't fair. How do we handle that? First of all, I think it's important to note, before we go any further, that uh, fairness isn't fair. If you're taking notes, just write that down. Fairness isn't fair. By that, I, I mean this. We don't even have a collective idea of what fairness really is. Jennifer and I have lived, uh, we've lived in Canada for most of our life, but for a few years, we lived and were part of a church in Los Angeles. And so having seen two very different systems of how medical care takes place, we have observed people on both sides of the border complaining 
about the lack of fairness in the system that is their own. Or more accurately, we've seen people pointing at the lack of fairness in a system that's not even their own. When we move, when we moved to uh, Los Angeles, everyone's like, "Oh man, Canada! We feel so bad for you guys. Your medical system is so unfair." And then when we moved home, people said, "Oh man, you must be so relieved to be home from America because their medical system is so unfair." We can't even get a collective idea of what fairness looks like. You see, because for some people, what they mean by fair is that everybody has an equal opportunity. Are you following with me today? For some people, they define fairness as this. We all have an equal opportunity. For other people, they define fairness this way. We all have an equal outcome. Right? Okay, you guys are quiet today. I know it's raining. I know, man, we've had such a rainy summer. Wait a second. It's only been two days. Come on now. <laughs> we've had like this hot summer. And up until Friday, everyone's like, I just wish it would rain. The smoke is killing me. And then 25 minutes of rain on Saturday morning, people are like, oh, I took my weekend away. I could have been out here smoking, you know? Are you following with me? Some people, what they mean by fairness is they want everyone to have the same outcome, regardless of effort put forward, regardless of anything else. It's interesting. We can't even decide what we think fair to be. So there's people who judge a system that, uh, that is based on finance as unfair. Other people who judge a system that requires wait times as unfair. Someone's like, am I in a political debate? No, I'm, I'm simply saying this, that as a group of people, we don't even know what fair is to us. And what seems fair often to a person on the top of any system seems very unfair to people on the bottom of that same system. And at the same time, there's people championing how fair it is and that fairness is the ideal, while other people say, this isn't fair. I'd like something more fair. The truth of the matter is life just isn't fair. Life's not fair. You see, we say this, something like this, you get what you pay for. How many people like that saying? You get what you pay for. It's a great saying if you have a lot of money. It's a great saying. Like if you have if you have income that you can spare on the item that you're purchasing, then it's a great thing. You go, I'm going for the highest quality because you get what you pay for. But when you're on the other side of that equation and you and the thing you purchased that showed up in the mail, I, I, I tried to purchase something uh, months and months ago on uh, from an Instagram ad. Anyone ever done that? Man, it looked like a great deal. It was a great deal. I thought the, the price that I'm going to pay for this item is so cheap. Anyone ever been there? Anyone ever done that? It's amazing. And, and I tell you, six months later when it showed up, I forget, what, I forget why I wanted it. I forget what I paid for it. But the deal did not seem quite as good as it once seemed. Right? And I found myself thinking to myself, well, I guess you get what you pay for. Like in life, you only get what you pay for, which is only good news if you have a lot of income, which leads me to the conclusion, once again, man, life's not fair. Walk out of any sporting event, any sporting event globally. I've never heard the fans of a losing team be like, you know what I noticed today, though? Those referees, they crushed it. They did a great job. Like, let's, let's give it, like, it's like three cheers for the other team, one cheer for us, and let's just give ten cheers to the ref. Because the ref, my, I saw a sign the other day, and it said this, if you don't like 
the uh, the 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 calls that the referee is making at the, it was like for children's sports. They're like, you are exactly the person we're looking for. All we need from you is that you volunteer your weekends from now on, take a course, and be willing to be ridiculed by the voices of other parents. You're exactly the type of person we're looking for. You see, because because when a bad call goes your way in victory, you're like, well, it wasn't the greatest call, but. Honestly, we played a pretty good game, but when a bad call costs you something, you say, ah, life's not not fair. And often what we do, we say, well, a bad call went against me. As long as the next call goes in my favor, then at least it can kind of be fair. Like at least somebody is going to be keeping track and keeping score. Of course life is unfair because we don't even know what fair means. How unfair it would be for something bad to happen to someone who did something bad to us. Like at the, at the root of it, that, that idea of fairness always leads to revenge. It always leads to, you know, uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. What's done to me, I'll do to others. And you end up with people in a cycle of I'll do bad in exchange for the bad I've ever seen. Why? Because it's got to be fair. But life's not fair. Life's just not fair. Let me let me read you this story and to highlight exactly what I mean. Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is telling this story and he said, here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. In other words, this is the way God thinks. Here's what the kingdom of heaven is like. A landowner went out early in the morning to hire workers from his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for a day's work and he sent them to his vineyard. Some people are like, I know where this story is going, and I don't like it already. About nine in the morning, he went out again and saw there was others standing by, and he told them, you also can go and work in my vineyard, and I'll give you whatever is right. He went out again around noon and again around three, and then he did the same at five o'clock in the afternoon with only one hour left to work and he asked them why are you still standing here they said because no one has hired us he said to them this you also can go and work in my vineyard then evening came and the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman call the workers and pay them their wages beginning with the last ones I hired and going then to the first so you can see this picture there's been some people working a full day some people working a part day some people working a half day some people worked a single hour the day comes to an end and, and the, the owner of the vineyard says this, call the people who worked an hour first. Well, up come the people who worked one hour. They've worked only an hour compared to a whole day. And uh, they come to receive their wages. And the workers who were there at 5 in the afternoon, they came and they received one denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected, obviously, they would receive more because that would be fair. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, and you have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said this, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one I hired last the same that I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? 
So the last will be first and the first will be last. Answer to that question, are you envious because I'm generous? Yes. Yes, I'm envious because you're generous, provided that I'm one of the first workers. But I love when I'm the last worker and the generosity of God is shown towards me. Here Jesus is saying, I want to give you insight into how God thinks. This is how God thinks. He shows generosity that is above and beyond. Why does that bother you? Why are you living in comparison with any others? See, the, the, the trap of fairness is that fairness is always focused on others. Fairness is always focused on those around us in a competitive, comparing type of way. Well, someone else seemed to land on their feet. Why can't I? Someone else seemed to ha- get an advantage. Why can't I? Someone else, and it's not just that we want anything good to happen. We are, we're happy when, when misery is fair as well. You ever been delayed on an airplane? If you've never been delayed, you've probably never traveled. And uh, you you show up and you're like, ah, my plane's delayed. And then the first thing they tell you when your plane is delayed, like, we're like, well, why is it delayed? As if they can't just tell you whatever they want, right? But why is it delayed? And then they, they often say things like this, well, all the planes are delayed right now. And it's this weird thing that happens inside you. You're like, well, I guess if all of them are delayed, as long as it's not just mine, right? It, it makes no difference to the, the, the event that you're missing. It makes no difference that you're now late for your holiday. It makes no difference. But, but all of a sudden, you're like, well, collectively, at least we're all miserable. At least it's fair, right? Here, here's a few reasons why, why life is unfair. Number one, just straight up injustice. Injustice isn't fair. Right? Injustice isn't fair. Like we, we would love it if everybody followed the rules, except for the times when we don't follow the rules. But injustice isn't fair. It's not fair. The, the psalmist uh, thought this. In, in, the, in the book of Psalm, chapter uh, 73, Psalm 73, the whole first part of this poem is, is the psalmist writing, Life isn't fair. Wicked people still have money. The ungodly seem to have all the popularity. Somebody who didn't, they didn't deserve it and they have a nice house. Somebody else, they, and, and he is complaining and processing injustice. I think I, I, I want to relate with you if you've felt that complaint in your heart. That complaint is a very human complaint to feel. Yes, we'd like things to be fair. Yes, we'd like things to be just. Don't, I'm, I'm not saying you need to mute that complaint. I'm actually putting a spotlight on it. That complaint is a real thing. Injustice is unjust. Unfairness is just unfair. I get it. But the psalmist then resolves. Let me show you this. In Psalm 73, as uh, looking at the injustice around, around him, he says this, Psalm 73 in verse 21. Psalm 73 in verse 21 says this. But then my heart was grieved, my spirit became embittered. I realized that I was senseless and ignorant. I had become a a brute beast before God. Then he says, yet I'm always with you, and you hold my right hand, and you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me 
into glory. What a, an interesting thought. He's focused completely on the situation of others saying, that's not fair. 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 I should be getting more. They should be getting less. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. Point out injustice. And then uh, uh, he has this moment of revelation, this moment of realization that he's not the judge, that he's not, he's not the one who keeps track, that he's not the one who's keeping score. And he goes, oh God, what have I become? What have I become? This person who's just pointing out all the injustice, who's focusing on and missing out on my own life because I think others shouldn't be enjoying theirs. What have I become? I don't want to be this person. And then resolves, I'm so grateful that you haven't left my side even when I'm annoying. Like even when I'm pointing out, like what are we doing? And he goes this, not only are you by my side, but you are leading me into glory, which brings us to the second reality. Life is unfair, one, because of injustice, but life is unfair, secondly, because of mercy. Come on, mercy. Mercy, by very definition, is unfair. You know what mercy is? Like, we throw it around, we sing about it. Mercy means this, that we don't receive the punishment that we were supposed to receive. That's what mercy is. Mercy is unfair. The next time you get pulled over in your car because you were breaking the rule, I promise you, you will want mercy, not justice. You'll be thinking all about mercy. You will be pleading, like, whatever, whatever it takes. Oh, officer, I, let me tell you the story behind this. If a story will work, but if it won't work, I'll just say sorry. And if that doesn't work, I'll get a little mad. Like, whatever it takes. I just want mercy. Like, could I just have a warning this time? That negotiation and desire for things, I don't want the punishment that I rightly deserve. Mercy isn't fair. Like when you're waiting in line, and you've been waiting in line a long time, so have the people in front of you, so have the people behind you, and then another till opens up, and they're like, hey, I can take you over here. And, and, and you make your way there quickly, you have just received something that wasn't fair. The person in front of you goes, are you serious? I waited all this time and they get, ah, oh, that's unfair. But aren't you happy when you're on the receiving end? I mean, that's the foolishness of the whole rhetoric that we actually want things to be fair. Could you imagine a world wherein you only received what you deserved? Or maybe I put it this way, where you always received what you deserved. Like a moment or, or, or a season of life where you didn't judge yourself based on your intentions. Because that's what we do, right? We judge others based on their actions, but ourselves based on our, intent, our intentions. Well, I didn't mean it that way. You ever thought that or said that? <laughs> they overreacted. I didn't mean it that way. They should know better. But we... We judge others based just on their actions. Or, or sometimes we just imagine their intentions. Like, I know they were nice, but they probably have something. Like, what's in it for them? It's great. Could you imagine a world where we only received always what we deserved in every situation? Where showing up five minutes late was always docked from your pay? 
right? Where where every stop sign you've ever rolled just re- resulted in a ticket that just automatically extruded from you from your dashboard. Like, well, I deserve it. That's fair. That's fair. I'm actually really, really happy this happened. You know, I learned a good lesson here. I learned a valuable lesson. Could you imagine a world where we only received what is fair, a merciless, severe, harsh world? You see, God who is kind, God who is kind, sees fit that we shouldn't always receive what we deserve. So injustice exists because people exist. We cut corners. We cheat. We lie. We're insincere. We're flawed. Sometimes we just try our best and fall short. Uh, sometimes, you know, all the best intentions, you know, your your preference and someone else's preference just cut each other off. We step on toes. We So life's unjust. But God is merciful. And in and of itself, it's a pretty unfair way for God to be. So here's the thing. God is not fair, but he's always right. He's not fair, but he's always right. In this story, in Matthew chapter 20, he says to the person who comes at half day, he goes, do you want to come? Yeah, I'll come. I will pay you what is right. He doesn't promise to give us what is fair. He says, I'm going to give you what is right. God's not always fair, but he's always right. See, injustice is part of the reason why there's a lack of fairness in the world. Number two, mercy is part of the reason that there is a lack of fairness in the world. But the third thing is grace. See, grace is also, by very definition, unfair. You see, some people, you use grace and mercy interchangeably, and I understand because it's pretty close concepts, but here's how they differ. Mercy is when we don't receive the punishment that we deserve. Grace is is when we receive a free gift. Okay, mercy says you're not in the negative. I'll bring you back to zero and treat you as though you're not to blame. But grace says you're not at zero. I'm going to fill you up till you overflow, which by definition is unfair. With God, we get more than what we paid for. With God, he comes and he says this, I'm not going to pay you what you deserve, but I'll pay you what is right. And that righteousness is not according to your works. It's according to my character. Like what I want to give you has nothing to do with how hard you've worked. It doesn't have to do with your good intentions. It doesn't have to do with your upbringing. It doesn't have to do with your pedigree. It doesn't even have to do with me trying to even the score because you've had an unjust life. I'm coming alongside you to give you out of the overflow of my kindness and who I am. It's a free gift. And gifts aren't fair. Have you ever, ever been in a situation where, where you're like going out for food with somebody or you're going out for coffee with somebody and then you, you get to the till and you have like the little sword fight with your debit cards? Right? And you're like, no, I got no, I got it. The tap really helps that, right? You're like tap, 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 tap. And, right? And, 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 and as soon as it's received, someone, someone can say this, well, next time I got you. Fair is fair. Like, I don't want to keep track that way. I don't want to feel like I'm indebted to you or you're indebted to me. Well, like what whatever whatever happened to thank you? Thanks. See, a gift, it loses all its power when someone says, but I'll even it up. 
I got you next time. See, grace is not about us trying to even the score. God's grace and kindness in our life is not then to guilt us passive-aggressively into like, okay, now I owe God so much. He's been so good to me. I'm never going to be able to repay him. Grace is the overflow of the kindness of who God is, his goodness and his grace in our lives. You're in that same airport. Your plane's been delayed. Finally, it's time, you know, no longer delayed. They say something like this, hey, we'll make it up in the air. I kind of hate it when they say that. I love it. And then I'm like, why don't you always make it up in the air? If making it up in the air was an option, why don't we just go faster, right? Like, yeah, I know it's been two hours. We'll make it up in the air. But then in that same, same flight, someone comes to you and says, hey, you know what? Uh, there's an upgrade. Would you like it? Well, no. I, it just wouldn't be fair to everyone else. Like, who am I to receive the upgrade when everyone would like the upgrade? Unless we can all be upgraded, no one's going to get upgraded. Not on my watch. Like, I've never met that person. I feel bad for that person who can't receive grace extended. But I do know that person when it comes to spiritual things. I do know that person when it comes to trying to keep everything fair in what they owe God or what, what seems owed to them. I do know that person. I do know that every time I read the book of Matthew chapter 20 and I hear that story, there's this little voice on the inside of me that gets a little bit angry. There's this little frustration inside. I'm like, that's not fair. One hour and they got the same pay. Have you ever felt it? But the truth of the matter is, folks, like we are all the one-hour laborers. There's not a single person in this place who would qualify as a full-day worker. We are all, like this is the point Jesus is making, is we are all on the good end of this equation. And the real issue when we have issue with this is that we thought we were working the whole time. And the truth is we only worked an hour. Like we're getting it, we're getting the good end of this deal. We're like, oh, that's not fair. You're the one who's getting the good end in this. Just be quiet and receive it with joy. That's God's kindness and grace being shown to you. We're the one, our workers. And that comparison thing is robbing you of joy because you're looking around and saying, I think I'm a little holier than, that, than them. Like, I feel bad for them because they're holier than me, but I'm holier than them. I'm like the third holiest in this room, right? To, like, like, I just want to get what I deserve. Like, I want to get what's fair. Hey, we just need to stop and recognize all grace is given as a free gift. So the best news possible is that life isn't fair. That's good news because the Bible says this, that the wages of our sin is death. It goes on to say this in Romans chapter 3, that nobody is righteous, not one. So if you are a person and you are alive, you are imperfect. I know that's some deep revelation right there. Like you think you're pulling it off. You think maybe you, you've uh, convinced everyone you're not. Maybe we can't see the flaw, but in the eyes of God, you're, you're unright. You're not perfect. And because of mercy and grace, he says this, the wages of sin is death. The, the, the result of the sin you have in your life is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus says, I am, not, I am not willing to be separate with people for all eternity. And so he takes our place. How unfair is that? 
Jesus, who is perfect, sinless, spotless, without any flaw, without any blemish, he takes our place. Let me show you the book of Hebrews. We're coming to a close here pretty quick. The book of Hebrews, if you could turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. It says this. I'll start at verse 15. For we don't have a high priest. This is speaking of Jesus. We don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness. We have a, a priest who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. And yet Jesus didn't sin. Therefore, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you're able, would you underline those those two lines in your Bible? We might receive mercy and we might find grace. We might receive mercy and we might find grace. You see, it is on the basis of a lack of fairness that we receive mercy and we find grace. Jesus, who was perfect, endured the same temptations that you and I endure. He stood up to every temptation without ever sinning and then died a sinner's death. That's so unfair. That's so unjust. But Jesus, who is kind, And God in his mercy who showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners died for us, creating a lack of fairness but a right standing with God, now says, based on how unfair my mercy is, you can approach me with confidence and receive mercy and find grace. I love that the verbs are different. We receive mercy as a gift instantaneously. We are not held responsible for what our sins are owed. But then it goes on to say this, but you find grace. Mercy instantaneously received, grace continually discovered. Mercy instantaneously received. When anyone who who finds Jesus in the moment, they are completely saved. That means they're safe from the, the punishment that their sin deserves. But they are continually, ongoingly, and forever discovering new grace. Mercy, once for all, punishment paid. Grace, always flowing. So you can approach the throne of God's grace and receive mercy. Here you go. There's mercy. Now let's go on an adventure together. Let's find some more grace. There's more grace for you. I love when the Bible says, like it talks about humbling ourselves, and it says this, God has more grace. Meaning however long you've been living in relationship with Jesus, there's more grace for you. It's going to keep on being unfair. It's going to keep on being tilted in your, in your position, into your advantage. God's going to keep on pouring advantage into your life. Like it says in the book of Hebrews, by faith, those who had weaknesses, even their weaknesses were turned to strength. How unfair is that? God is always tipping the scales towards you and I so he can continue to show his kindness. The book of Ephesians puts it this way. God, who is rich in mercy, has seated us with him so that in the coming days he might pour more and more blessing into our lives. He's positioning us for an unfair reception of grace. Remember what it says in Ephesians 3, verse 20? It says, God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could even ask for or imagine according to his power at work within us. Like, that's pretty unfair. 
that not according to our works, but according to his power, God would pour mercy into our lives, pour grace into our lives. I put it this way. It's mercy and grace that are a constant reminder for me that life is unfair. Like when I'm looking at injustice and letting that grievance sit in my heart, it does something negative to me. It embitters me. I look around the world, I'm like, that's not, oh, that's unjust, that's unjust, that's unjust. I, I want to have eyes not for injustice that embitters me, but for God's grace that empowers me, his mercy that encourages me. It's not fair. Now, now hear me, that motivation will actually cause us to be the type of people who eradicate injustice. We won't, we won't eradicate injustice just because injustice makes us angry. Like rallying around a common anger like a riot and a mob. Hey, we're all so angry at how unjust it is. Let's make it right. Let's make it fair. We don't know. We don't have this judge of fair on the inside of us. We always get it wrong. And so we fight evil with evil. We fight harshness with harshness. But Jesus, he comes and says, I want to I just flip the prism a little bit so you see it through a different angle. As you look around and see what is unjust, be reminded by, uh, of the mercy and grace that's available to you. So his mercy and his grace are constant reminders of, of the injustice or the unfairness of this world. And then the unfairness of this world is a constant reminder of how much I need his mercy and his grace. Because I want to be a person who's, who's uh, ministering out of mercy and grace, not justice. I want to be a person who's pouring out and, and blessing the people around me with mercy and grace not fairness. I don't want to come along and even the score. I want to have mercy flowing from my life. I want to have grace flowing from my life. So I receive his mercy and I'm continually discovering his grace. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.